like a lot of people aren't even aware of some of the limiting beliefs they have. So we unpack and become aware of them first and understanding that the limiting belief you have isn't actually true. That's just a belief you have that keeps you safe. So we have these beliefs to keep us safe. So if I believe this, it'll keep me in my little box. It'll keep me safe. I don't have to jump out and do higher prices or, or what it might be for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. I'm here to help you grow your business, build community, and create the lifestyle you always dream of. Every week, I bring in other photographers, creative entrepreneurs, and business professionals. So whether it's from our topic of the episode or one of the many tangents that we will follow, you will walk away with some wisdom to implement in your business and in your life. Each interview is recorded live in our Facebook community where you can ask questions and be part of the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Wisdom in the Tangents podcast. Whether you've been here since the beginning when we had a different name altogether or uh, if this is your very first episode, I'm so grateful that you're here and that you press play. You know, I often get asked uh, what advice I would tell myself when I'm first starting off as an entrepreneur, usually by other entrepreneurs who are uh, first starting off. But the answer is that I wish I would have been open to changing my mindset early on. For so long, I had limiting beliefs that held me back and held my clients back. And my guest today is talking about mindsets and limiting beliefs. Joel Dunn is a mindset coach and he helps ambitious photographers build highly profitable businesses and create sales and marketing engines that completely rewire their subconscious programming. And today, he is going to talk through some of those limiting beliefs that we should work on silencing, as well as a few mindset shifts that will lead to more success and a fulfilled life and business. So let's get into that conversation with Joel. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, like I was saying before we officially started uh, recording, uh, I'm very excited about this topic and just talking about mindsets and and the way that we can just th the way that we shape our mind around business and and all of that. But uh, but yeah, welcome. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love talking to like-minded individuals in the space, and um, yeah, I've got a real fascination with podcasts and. Stumbled across yours thanks to a couple of my clients and uh, yeah, really enjoying what you're what you're putting out there. Nice, yeah. I'm glad. I, I love how you know we're we're uh, many thousands of miles apart right now, and just like how our paths have crossed. And I love that about like this day and age and how it's just so easy to stumble across other people and and like you said, like-minded individuals that just like okay, yeah, like I've just been scrolling through all of your reels and and stuff on Instagram like. I like this guy. This is going to be a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, but uh, but yeah, could you give us a little like background on you, where you're based, and what you do? Yeah, well, I'm a business and mindset coach based in Melbourne in Australia. Um, but previous to that, I ran a portrait or weddings first, then moved to portrait studio for about 21 years. Um, and through doing it quite young i started when i was 22 and learning and making a lot of mistakes and then getting a really successful business i found mindset tools business structures and marketing and sales systems that really work and i sort of fell into coaching you know with other photographers and friends asking for advice and 
I really enjoyed helping people and giving them tools and techniques to help them in their business and life. So I sort of fell into coaching about six years ago and it just sort of really ramped up and overtook the photography business and the photography business became secondary. And um, I was sort of, you know, I just finished it up last year, but I was only really spending five or six hours in that business um, and my staff were running it. But it just got to the point where I felt like doing the coaching, just the coaching was the right move for me. So, mm. um, which was a big move because that was my baby. That was my right, life yeah. 20 years. So it was a hard thing to give up, I guess, because it was such a big part of my life. But yeah, I'm loving doing the coaching. And I guess I'm a little different to a lot of coaches because I really emphasize the mindset and structures of the mind and how we operate um, personally and how we show up in the business. And then once I've helped my clients with that, then we move into the tangible aspects like the marketing and the sales and processes and whatnot. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. Cause like a lot of times I, I feel like coaches are, are very like that tangible, like let's get your analytics down and let's find all this and like the numbers and all of these and then fixing your mindset. Um, but like a lot of times when you fix your mindset, it just kind of changes things anyway. And if you were to work on the other stuff first and then you, you work on your mindset, it's like, Oh, well now I have to redo all of this because now things have changed. And yeah, I love that kind of, uh, the different approach. Um, and you know, I, I was going to ask you about that, like having been in photography for years and years and then, uh, your coaching just like ramping up like how did that feel as you were doing that did you ever feel like oh wait no like this is i don't need to be coaching as much because like i know i'm a photographer this is yeah. what i've been doing and this is like you said your baby this is your business yeah do you ever feel like that oh for sure i think we identify as certain things in our life and i was identifying as a photographer that was what i did right and the coaching yeah. was always going to be the side hustle <laughs> you know the thing that i just help on the side bringing a little bit extra money but I always, I'm like, I have to be truly passionate about what I'm doing. And so yeah. I, I felt like I did weddings for a long time. Then we had, I had kids with my wife and I just lost the passion for weddings because I was away all the time and on weekends. So I moved into portraits and then the portraits for years. And then when I found coaching, I just became absorbed in it. And I just found myself gravitating towards that and doing the wanting to do that. And then every time I had to do a photo shoot, it was like, ah. Oh, Got to go up and do a photo shoot. And then I'm like, okay, right. well, now my passion shifted. So that sort of, and probably COVID, to be honest, was one of the big catalysts for that because it just opened up a whole new, you know, I don't know what it was like. It was different parts of America. It was, you know, clients right. in America. But in Melbourne, we were locked down for literally most of two years. Like we couldn't even shoot for, I think, half of 2020, 2021, I think it was over 50% of the time we were fully locked down. Like we couldn't even leave the house. So Zooms and, you know, coaching just ramped up for me because I put all my effort into it and um, I could communicate with photographers. You know, we were locked down. New Zealand was opened up. So I was doing that. And then right. parts of America and Europe and uh, Canada and whatnot. So, yeah, that's sort of changed the game, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's about the time that I really started ramping up with coaching and like really like doubling down with, uh, weekly podcasts on, on, uh, here was like, okay, I can't 
go out like legally I can't go photo shoot like photograph anyone now so I'm just like stuck here and yeah just really fell into that that digital teaching uh which I, I am very grateful for I mean not grateful for the pandemic and all of that but grateful for that time to really pour into this um that I don't think that I would have had uh without that uh, yeah that kind of like pause on photography i think there's always with anything there's opportunities in every problem or situation and i think with covid obviously there's a lot of terrible stuff that happened but there's so many powerful lessons in that as well of slowing down you know dissecting what you're doing are you on the right path and and you know while you're sitting there putting time into something else like a lot of you could have easily sat there and felt sorry for yourself or whatever but instead a lot of people found new passions or different ways to bring in income or so i think there's a lot of good that came from covid as well yeah yeah i i agree yeah and it's all all about the mindset uh, as you're going through because i i saw a lot of people just completely crumble and they were just like, okay, this isn't what I'm going to do. I just can't do this anymore. And others find a new passion and just completely like rise from the ashes and, and take over somewhere new. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's all about that. And like with mindsets, like, is there a mindset or, or like a limiting belief that you run into often with, um, with different students and clients that, uh, that you coach? A hundred percent. Like that's one of the biggest things we work on. Everyone's got limiting beliefs. They just change um, mm, and evolve. Mm. And I think one of the big ones for photographers is that in, in life, I guess, but photographers and creatives is I'm not good enough. So whether that's I'm not a good enough yeah. photographer yet, I need to practice that, or I'm not good enough at business. Um, and the other one I see a lot is, oh, but people in my area won't pay that. Um, that's a huge one. Um, oh, yeah. It's such a limiting belief because – I've proven it wrong time and time again with clients. But when we start to believe a narrative that's going on, it becomes our truth and it becomes the results you get. So we, when we work on shifting and evolving these limiting beliefs, that's where total different opportunities and success comes in because we're not blocked by the thought patterns that are going on in our head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is. those are two things that I hear often all the time of just, you know, I'm in a small town, no one's going to pay that much and I can't charge that much or I wouldn't pay that much. So I'm not going to charge that. And yeah, it's, it is a very limiting belief that, uh, that really, it, it, it seems like that courage, uh, and, and just confidence of, I am worth this and people will, you know, they will find that value in me and what I do. Yeah. Uh, to I, push had, forward. I had a client, um, prime example, this, a client in, in Australia was in rural Queensland and really small farming community. And we were, she was doing a shoot and burn sort of model, digital model. And we're trying to do move her to in-person sales with products. And she's like, people won't pay that. Not in this area, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So we went through it. We did all the work with it. And then on our next call, she came back and, she said, you're going to laugh, but I was just talking to my neighbor. They just had a fire run through there, like fires in Australia. And uh, they were lucky, but her neighbor's house, most of it burnt down. They lost all their photos. And she uh, said the neighbor was saying how she just spent $10,000 on family portraits and they all got burnt, but they, the photographer still had them. And she was gobsmacked that someone, her next door neighbor, had spent $10,000 on photos where she was charging $300 at the time. 
and we were trying to get it to that fifteen two thousand dollar fifteen hundred two thousand average. She's going, no one's going to spend that. So that that just that one conversation totally flipped it for her, and she could see, okay, well, people are paying big money for photos around here. Oh yeah, because you think like, oh sure, in the big cities, or you know, you know these these people that are just like flying around and vacationing all over these places, they're going to pay that much, but not my next door neighbor for sure. Not anywhere in my vicinity. We're all, you know, $300 and that's it. And that's even pushing it. Cause you sometimes get those people that are pushing back on just like, well, you know, could we do like two fifty or include more photos or what all does that have? And it just makes you feel like, uh, no one's going to pay that. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you're in that, oh, like I say, I would say 90% of photographers fall within that range of under $500. Like a, there's a lot of competition down there. And oh, yeah. the less people pay, the more they're going to try to get from you as well. They're going to push the envelope. They're going to say, well, this person's doing for 250 Can you include this or can you do that? When you jump up to that 1000 2000 3000 products, totally different. It's a service and a product, not just a service. You don't get that. Very rarely do you get that. When your processes and structures are set up right, it's not about the price list or the actual sale itself. It's the consultation call, how you're talking about prices, the planning appointment, the emails you send, the nurturing of that client. So when they get to the sale, it's it's easy. Like it's not it's not salesy, it's not pushy. It runs on the same page and it becomes a fun experience for everyone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said, it is that full experience and it's not that churn and burn of, well, I've got five photo shoots this week and I'm just yeah. going to, you know, do a quick edit on these because I need to send out all of these digital images. And then that's the last you hear from that, that client. And you may like follow up. I know that there's a lot of those galleries that the online galleries that you can send and like, oh yeah, there's a shop here and you can, you can order your prints from here. But, you know, often you never hear from them and they're just like, I'm just going to go down to, you know, the, the pharmacy down the road and, <laughs> and just, uh, just print them out there for 19 cents a photo. Yeah, we had, uh, I had a couple of clients do this, but a lot of my clients do come in as they shoot and burn moving towards this other model. And one of the things we do is we craft an email to send to the last 20 or 30 clients saying, pretty much saying, hey, you've got your digitals. Most likely they're just sitting on a hard drive somewhere or you haven't done anything with them. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we've got a new, amazing new products, prices, et cetera. If you want us to uh, showcase and take you through them, we'll give you, you know, for the first three people, give 20% off. So just to get some practice doing the sale and to get people through, and we had a client uh, send it out to 20, three of them wanted it, and she did $7,500 worth of sales from three people that had already paid for their digitals, got all of them, but they actually wanted that help. They actually wanted someone to come, yes, please print them for me. Yeah. So that was amazing for her. Hey, y'all, quick break to share with you about something new that I put together on the new website, podcast.allheartphoto.com, which has all the show notes from today's episode as well as many others. But you know, I am here to help you build your business and create the lifestyle you always dreamed of. And with that comes some resources that I have found very helpful for me building my business and also some resources that I put together, some guides and email templates and things like that, that I think would be really helpful for you. So if you want to go check that out, head over to podcast.com. 
just that podcast.com. That's the whole thing. Head over to podcast.allhardphoto.com slash resources. You can also go check out podcast.com if you want to. I've never been there. Let's give it a shot. Check them out too. Free ad for you, podcast.com. Now back to the show. We hear from our, our clients often that they want all the digitals and they want to take care of all of that. But I mean, I think about uh, photo shoots that I like, I'm a photographer and I have had family photo shoots where we sat on those digitals for six months before we were even like, okay, we have time. Let's sit down. Let's talk about which ones we want to print, what sizes we want to do. And it's like, it's a lot for me to do that and to find time. And for someone else, you you know, your clients who are not photographers, a lot of times they're not doing that or they're doing like some sort of cheap shutterfly something and they're going to be all wrinkly and yellow within a couple of years and they're not going to like them. And uh, yeah, you know, that, it's again, like you were saying, it's that full experience of it's not just the service, but it's the products as well. And mm-hmm. you're serving them by uh, by not only offering those products, but like offering the service of I will put this together for you. I will help you f- figure out which photos to print and what sizes and, and all of that. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, so like with that. I mean, that kind of that mindset of I'm, I'm not good enough or um, or people aren't going to pay for, you know, pay that much in in my area. How can we get through those those limiting beliefs that are just like sunk so deep in us that, you know, even if we, you know, uh, for the listener who's just like listening to us talking right now and they're like, yeah, I do feel that and I need to overcome that. But really, people aren't going to pay that in my in my city and they're just like going straight back to that limiting belief because it's so deep ingrained how like what are some steps that we can take to just get through that and like overcome those limiting beliefs yeah it's a really important great question it's a really important one because if you can't get through these limiting beliefs they're always going to block you so first it's um being aware of them like a lot of people aren't even aware of some of the limiting beliefs they have so we unpack and become aware of them first and understanding that the limiting belief you have isn't actually true. It's just a belief you have that keeps you safe. So we have these beliefs to keep us safe. So if I believe this, it'll keep me in my little box. It'll keep me safe. I don't have to jump out and do higher prices or or what it might be for you. So first yeah. it's recognizing that the voice, and it's usually the voice in our head that's saying, we're just talking to us saying, I'm not good enough or people won't pay that. It's an, actually an automatic voice that we all have and it varies, but it's not actually you. So if you can wrap your head around that, you can detach from that voice and watch that voice without being drawn into the narrative of it, that's that's one key. On a practical level, it's like having the limiting belief, which is might be um, my clients won't pay that much in my area, for example, and then finding the exact opposite of that and writing that down, which might be there's plenty of clients in my area that will pay good money for my services. So writing Mm. that down and having that and writing it in your own words that feels right for you, then every time you hear yourself about to say, you know, people won't pay that or whatever it might be, you stop yourself and you replace it with the new thought. Because what's happening in the brain is that neural pathway you have, all the thoughts we have 
have neural pathways, it's so strong, it's so automatic, you're just going there. You don't even have to, it's like driving. We get these neural pathways with driving that's yeah. just automatic. So when you oh, can yeah. stop it and go the opposite direction and really start doing that one over and over and over and over again, that becomes your automatic thought and the other one fades away. But it takes time, practice, and awareness around it to do it. Yeah. It's funny that you said driving because um, my my family and I, we just moved to a new house. Uh, what is it? It's It's been like a week and a half. We are fresh in this new house and it is complete opposite side of town. We're still in the same town, but it's about a 10 minute drive from where we used to live. And I was... I was out at a, uh, uh, wedding association mixer kind of mingle thing earlier this evening. And, uh, on my way back home, I was on the regular main road and I started to take a left turn to our old neighborhood. And it was, it was like that neuro pathway of this is the turn that I've been going for two years while we were living in that house. And I was like, Oh wait, no, I got to keep going straight. We, we live South of town now. And uh, like you were talking about that. I'm like, Oh yeah, that just happened where that neuro pathway of, I just, my, my body, I was in that, that motion of, Oh yeah, this is, this is my way home because this is the way that I've been going. And it's going to take a little while for me to pass yeah. that light where I don't think about turning left. I'm like, no, straight ahead. That's the way I need to go. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's strange. And that's how we actually live 90% of our life is in habit. So we do the same actions and the same things over and over without even thinking. Like if you think about most people get up, and get out of bed in the morning, they do the same actions without thinking about it, probably very, very similar every morning. They go to the toilet first and they maybe have a shower, then they have their breakfast a certain way, then they drive to work the same way and then they go get their coffee the same way and everything's the same because it's easy and our brain can't cope with too many different things. That's why there's so much power in habit. So when you can form and create really powerful habits, which I teach my clients in the morning, it sets your day up really powerfully but it takes – a month, two months to get a habit formed so it becomes natural to you. So it's not something you have to think about and get motivation to do. Yes. Yeah. I am a self-proclaimed, not a morning person and uh, like doing that, which I know I can become a, a morning person. I know that. Um, but like there are so many times that I have tried to start a morning routine of like changing it a certain way, either just a little bit of meditation or like doing some, some yoga or stretching or something early in the morning before the day starts. And I get maybe five days in and I'm like, this is, I'm not feeling this and, and just like quit and go back to my old routine because it's like, well, I tried and I did like five days. This should have like kicked in at this point. And, you know, you just mentioned, you know, it might take like a month to really get that, uh, that routine set. The reason is you got resistance to it because it's new and it's not easy and it's not safe or whatever you do normally doing, your brain says it's safe and it's known. And then you start something new. It's like, well, this is new. I'm not used to this. I have to get up a bit early. I have to do this weird thing, particularly with meditations because people don't really understand meditation. They think I'm sitting here and I'm not blissing out and I'm not doing it right. I can't stop thinking. I can't sit still. But that's actually what's happening. You're, you're training your mind and brain to sit and be still. And in today's culture with phones and so busy, it's really hard. Yeah. Like our brains are going all the time. 
So I do a thing. I've actually got one sitting here. I do like a 30-day conscious commitment if I want a new form a new habit and I give this to my clients so they can go, all right, and the reason I call it a conscious commitment and we have it stuck up with 30 days is you commit to 30 days in your mind because if you say, oh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to start meditating and see how I go, mm. you're, going to, you're going to get to a point where you don't want to get up and you don't do it. And once you have one day off, it's gone. Oh, yeah. When you've got a commitment to 30 days to yourself and you're going to do it a set time, where there's certain parameters around it, it becomes easier to do because you've committed to yourself. Okay, I'm going to do this for 30 days. And then by the time you get to the end of 30 days, it's it's almost starting to form or sometimes it has formed. It's already there. So it becomes easier. The first week's the hardest. If you can get through a week or something, that's the hard part. Second week's a little less hard. Third week and it just gets easier and easier. And then by the 30 days, usually you're seeing some benefit. So mm-hmm. you're seeing you're feeling different or if it's an exercise or eating thing, you might have lost a bit of weight or like whatever. And then your motivation kicks in because you can actually feel the difference. Within five days, you don't. You go, oh, it's not working. Not going to do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, like you said, like with the exercise, because that's what I was thinking, like, you know, so many times I'm like, would start to go to the gym or start to do some sort of exercise. And then within a week, I'm like, I'm not really seeing any results and my body is hurting and like my, my back is aching more like this is, this is actually hindering me. So I'm just, this isn't for me. And yeah, I think that's such a good thing to, uh, to keep in mind that like it's going to take at least a month yeah, uh, for, for new habits to form and for you to start to see the benefits of these habits. But notice, um, you've got to notice what our mind, our mind's tricking us. It's telling us how to take the easy option. Like, oh, I'm sore. It's not working. Right. It's take doing more harm than good. Uh, I didn't sleep by last night. Like it's giving you every excuse under the sun not to do it. That's where you've got to disassociate from it because that's just an automated process. Like mm-hmm. I, the hardest one I've done was just one I did last month, which was ice uh, cold plunges, ice baths in the morning. Now, yeah. that was brutal. I, if I didn't have this, I would have given up 10 times. I would have like, no, nah. because <laughs> it's middle of winter here. It's freezing cold. It's wet. Right, yeah. It's dark. I'm getting up at 6 in the morning and jumping into ice cold water. It's horrible. But I did it for a month, and because I did it for a month, I'm just still doing it. I, I, I see the benefit. Like it sucks at the time. It's mm. just that mental getting in the water, but the benefits I'm feeling afterwards and through the rest of the day outweigh that now. So I've got that habit in embedded now. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you've mentioned this a couple of times of that, that, uh, that safety, like that, that voice in our mind, just, it wants us to be comfortable. It wants us to be safe. Yeah. And a lot of times, like even in our business, there are opportunities or there are new endeavors or, switching from photography to coaching. And it's like, this is not comfy. This is not safe. This is a new thing. This is stretching me. This is, you know, I don't have that groove of, you know, been, been doing like, or even switching from, uh, from one genre of photography from like weddings to portraits. It's like, I know how to be a good wedding photographer. Like it's, I show up on the wedding day. I got this, not a problem, but portraits like, Oh, this is a whole new deal. I've got lights set up and I've got, uh, you know, shot lists to go through and other people that I'm corralling and like taking advice from and giving advice and, and all of that. It's a very different thing. And like that, 
that safety of, I don't think I can do this. I'm just going to go back to what I was doing. Yeah. Um, like I, I love that you, you're talking about like seeing that, like even just like picturing it as a, a different person or something like I had, my kids love the movie inside out with all the like emotions yeah, right. in your mind. And I was like, I was picturing some, some little person up there in my mind, like telling me like, Hey, no, 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 you don't want to do that. This is not safe. Don't do this. Just go back. You don't need to wake up early. Why are you waking <laughs> up early? Stay in bed. It's warm. It's cozy. Yeah, and right. like picturing that as a, as another figure, as a different disassociate from that. Yeah. Some um, people is, do actually yeah. heard they've called that, that voice in their head a different name. So they can, or visualize mm. it as a different, like inside out's great movie for those who haven't watched it, even for adults. It's really, it's really powerful. I love movie. it. Yeah. That's great. Um, but it, <laughs> like, it's like the motto, like do hard things. Like you, it's hard either way. Right. So let's say you want to lose weight and you go, all right, well I can get up six o'clock and go to the gym. And that's mm. like, you do the, it's going to be hard. So you do the hard thing there, which is get up out of bed and actually exercise and exert yourself. Or you take the comfort option and you get hard later where you're not feeling as great. You're, you're overweight, you're, your energy levels are down. So you're taking the hard, hard, comfortable early or now for hard later. So I re- talk about it, doing the hard thing now for the comfort later. So you do the hard thing now and you feel great later and you you look great. Same as business stuff like, I don't want to call clients, right? Like a lot of photographers are like, oh, I just don't want to get on the phone. I'm really nervous about getting on the phone. Well, do that now yeah. and you create this amazing, powerful experience for your clients that generates the sales later or you don't call them and then you're sitting around going, why haven't I got work? It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, it, I call it's, it's, um, have you heard the five-second rule? It's uh, uh, Is that like a delayed gratification type no, thing? it's a book. Okay. I can't remember who wrote it, but... It's really powerful, especially for waking up in the morning because okay. you, your alarm goes off and you get out of bed in the first five seconds because if you do that, your mind hasn't had time to talk you out of getting up. So mm. Whenever you want to do something hard, you just do it within the first five seconds before you talk yourself out of it. It's called the five-second rule, which is really powerful. Like one other thing I do with my clients if they're not morning people is, all right, set your alarm, put your phone on the other side of the room because then when it goes off, you got to get out of bed to turn it off before the kids wake up or whatever, and then you're already out of bed. That's the hard bit, and then off you go. Yeah. yeah. You have to make a conscious decision to get back in bed now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just like reaching over, hitting snooze. Yeah. Like, like, okay, I don't – it blows my mind, people who hit snooze. Like my wife does it. it I, it's bad enough waking up once that people do it multiple times. It's yep. great. I just don't get it. Like you're up. Then I, <laughs> I don't get it either. And I have like five different alarms because I'm just snoozing all of them. And I'm like, I don't know why I do this, but it's, it's just, it's, it's, actually, it's, it's one of those habits. It is. And there's a, there's a study done on this, but if you wake up and hit snooze for like 10 minutes later, you go straight back into a really deep sleep and then you wake up again. And if you do that multiple times, you're decreasing your productivity that day dramatically because your body clocks all over the place and you're depleting your energy levels right at the start. So that might help you. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it tomorrow morning. I'm going to – if. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do the five second rule and I'm going to DM you and be like, Joel, thank you. I had it my five seconds. I'm going to get I up. I do it with the ice bath because you're standing there and you're going, nope, nope. And yeah. 
jump in. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, you just gotta. You, there's no like dipping your toe in and like slowly yeah. getting it. You just gotta jump all the way in. You gotta jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Are there any other like any other mindsets of just like that are are helpful to um to kind of take your business to the next level? Maybe you're just kind of like plateaued and and stuck at a at a level or in a rut right now. Yeah. Anytime I've been ever stuck in a rut, generally, and this is going to sound biased, but I get a coach for one because I know I need something to push me over that plateau. But yeah. if you're not wanting to get a coach, it's do something hard. Do something that you're really fearful of in your business. So mm. you're too comfortable. So you need to get out of that comfort. And a lot of time it's like you know what to do, but you're too afraid to do it. So just tap into your intuition. You know what it is, whether it's, to, okay, I've got to hire someone. I've got to get a studio space. I've got to go from digitals to in products. I've got to hire a coach. Like there's a lot of different things it can be. I've got to actually get on the phone and talk to my clients and call people or I've got to reach out to a business and do a promotion with them. So what is the fearful thing? And then jump in and do it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but that's going to prompt you. And every time you take a big, powerful action, it dramatically increases where you're going. So even if it doesn't work, so if you're here and you take a dramatic action, you're either going to, you're not still going to be here. You're going to be here or here. You're going to be moving. And then from there you can take another action and it'll definitely, the more that, if you look at successful people in business, they take lots of scary action. Yeah. Yeah. Big risks. And you know, the, like they say, big risks have big rewards. Yeah. And, and usually yeah. it's only risk in our mind. It's not actually risky. Uh, the mm-hmm. fear is the fear is a psychological fear most of the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's that fear of this is different and this is this Correct. is not comfortable. It's not safe, and and really, that's what you need to be doing. Like what? you, you've mentioned, uh, you know, getting your clients on the phone a couple times, and that was a really like that was not a safe thing for me. That was something I had to overcome by a coach telling me, like, you need to get get your people on the phone, like don't just send them emails and be like, Hey, so just checking back in. What are you thinking? Uh, because every other photographer is doing the same exact thing. And they're just got an inbox full of, Hey, checking back in. And if you can get them on the phone, which I was not a phone person, I would be like, please text me. I do not like talking on the phone. It's just I get that. It's weird. Yeah. And, yeah. The same. They're like, I'm not a, I'm not a phone person. I go, there's a limiting belief. That's just a limiting belief. Yeah, that right, and you're right. Like, they might be looking at four or five photographers. I guarantee they're probably not going to call them. You do. You're well ahead of the game. Oh yeah, customer experience. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if there's a way that you can send them a video of your face talking to them, that is even above and beyond. Um, Which is another uncomfy place of like that video of you know getting on a Zoom call or something like that. It's like, oh well, I'm not you know my my office doesn't look great or I'm not put together. It's like, they don't, they don't care. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if they do, they're, they're probably, probably not your, your yeah. clients. Uh, like if yeah. I, you know, whoever's watching this either live on the replay, if I said, all right, I want every one of you to do a live video every day this week on your Facebook page, their heart rate's probably going up just thinking about that and they're stressing it and nothing's happening. Right. It's just yeah. like the perceived fear about doing that is enough for them to go. No, there's no way I'm going to do that. <laughs> straight away yeah 
Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's that perceived fear of, but what if this happens? What if I'm on the live and like someone asks a question and then I don't know the answer. It's like, no one's even there yet. No one's asked you anything. This is all just perceived of what if. We're going into the future. Yeah. Everyone, mm-hmm. we go in, if you notice your mind, we always go into worst case scenario. Yes. Like you said, what if, what if I do this marketing campaign and no one enters it or no one, I get no leads or I pay all this money for a coach and nothing happens or I, you know, hire an employee and they're terrible or whatever. We're always going to the worst case because it's the way the mind works is if we go to the worst case, then if that happens, I'm prepared, I'm safe. I know what's happening. But if you think about the stupidity in that, we all do it. Like I do it too. But if you can switch it and go, okay, what's the best case scenario here and think about that, that that feeling and that emotion is so much more powerful and empowering than that negative thought pattern you're going in that never usually comes true anyway. So we waste so much time worrying about things that never happen. If you can pull it back and get present, which is how meditation and stuff helps you and you go, okay, well, pull that unwanted future back and go into the wanted future into where I actually want to go. That's powerful. That is hard to do, hard to do, but it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Like just you explaining that I'm like, that is using so much energy to go into the future and like create these, like, I, I, uh, I don't know if anyone else identifies with this, but so many times, like I'm in the shower, just like having conversations in my mind, with other people i'm like oh yeah and then i would say this and then like uh, but like it's it it hasn't happened it probably won't happen but i'm like using that energy to go to the worst case scenario and uh, yeah yeah, i just like one that is a powerful way like what you were talking about is a powerful way of of moving forward and thinking but also like it feel it sounds like less energy uh on yourself yeah, it's moving forward too. You use the word energy, and it's a really everything's energy. But what drains our energy the most is stress, anxiety, fear, worry. These emotions really take our energy. Where you got joy, happiness, love, peace, excitement, they fuel you. They actually give you energy. So it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's it's total opposite, and. When we, if we get right into manifestation and everything, whatever you're thinking and then therefore feeling is manifesting or drawing to you experiences, people, places that you want to come in. So the more you can get into the feeling you want and drawing stuff that you want into your life, that's where you get into flow and everything starts to unfold for you instead of constantly trying to battle or push uphill because you're always in that anxiety or that stress. And that's sort of what you're drawing towards you as well. Um, yeah. It's really powerful to understand. Yes. Oh, I love that. Okay, Joel, this has been so great. I have loved all of this um, and just feel like excited to move forward and use a lot of um, a lot of these techniques that you were talking about just in like even just tomorrow, that five second rule. 
I'm gonna I'm, I'll be I'll send you a DM. It'll be middle of the night for you, but you'll get it whenever you wake up. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be great. So yeah, thank you so much. This has been so good. Before we kind of wrap up, and you can let people know where to where to find you online and all that. Um, there's a part of the show that I like to do where we talk about what we're loving this week. Um, could be anything from like a new book, TV show, something like that, to really literally anything. Um, what are you loving this week? I think the cold plunge I talked about and weirdly loving that. Um, yeah. Which I didn't think I'd probably say when I first few days. Like, <laughs> yeah. That first week you were like, I'm never going to love this. <laughs> um, there's a show manifest. I'm, I'm sort of so drawn to it at the moment. It's on Netflix. It's really, yeah, really. It's a really cool concept. It's like about a plane that goes missing for five years and they come back all the same age and, and all the stuff that transpires. But it's, I just like the, the connection with um, the divine or spirituality and different things that happen in there. So it's, but it's, um, it's getting pretty intense. I'm at the last season. Like I just need to finish it. I need to get it done. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, I just recently finished that last season and yeah, that last one is, is halfway through last season. Like God, I can't handle this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's so much going on and like so much like tying in with different things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't watch a lot of shows, but that got draw me in. And I guess a couple of podcasts that I'm keen on at the moment, like um, Aubrey Marcus, I really enjoy his podcast. Not sure I've heard of him. And then James Wedmore, if you're more into marketing, mm-hmm. uh, business marketing, that sort of thing, it's a really good one as well. Nice, awesome. Yeah, I will have. Uh, I'll, I'll include links to all those in the show notes too. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. The um, so the guy who plays TJ in uh, Manifest, um, I met him when he was like fourteen or fifteen, doing a fashion show, and I was one of the photographers, and like we hit it off and just like exchanged Instagrams, and we've been friends since then. And then he got on that, and I was like. Hey, look, it's Garrett. He's on TV. This is awesome. Uh, uh, but yeah, just, it's come back into the one I watched last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm loving uh, this week also a show um, called Severance. And I believe it's on Apple TV. And it is, it's, it's, it's another kind of interesting type of, show is very different than than a lot of others it's um it like follows these people who um choose to have a procedure to like pretty much sever their conscious self uh whenever they go into their job so it's like a very um you know classified type whatever they're doing so they have pretty much like two split personalities almost where the the work person they go into the elevator to go up and then in the elevator things switch in their mind so then the next thing that they know they're coming back down the elevator and it's like they've never even left work and then the them on the outside they go down the elevator and then they're coming right back up and it's they've you know nine hours has passed and uh it's a really interesting show and uh, uh ben stiller is the uh executive producer and uh one of the writers and adam scott is uh the lead uh character it's it's really interesting i just finished up the first season and it's really really good it's a very different concept i'll have to check that out it sounds interesting yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Where can people find you online? Where can they follow along and, and all the places? So the right severance down, so I remember. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I'll do it. Um, yeah, probably Instagram's our the main one. It's uh, at Joel Dunn, J O H L D U W N, spelled a little bit different. And on Facebook, run the Joel Dunn as well, or JD Mindset Coaching. I think either one you'll find us. Um, yeah, but jump on there. Um, yeah, sh- just check out. I always try to put a lot of value content out there for people and little tips and tricks and and whatnot. And um, yeah, if, uh, if the podcast resonated with you, yeah, send me a DM and let me know what, what you liked. Awesome. Yeah. Well, sweet. Yeah. I will have those links in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on the show, Joel. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me, John. It was uh, awesome. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. As always, you can check out all the things in today's episode in the show notes at podcast.allheartphoto.com. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience on YouTube and in the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast group on Facebook, where you can join the next conversation. You can follow the show on Instagram at wit.pod, W-I-T-T dot P-O-D. You can follow Joel at Joel Dunn. It's J-O-H-L-D-U-N-N. And you can find me everywhere at All Heart Photo. Share the show if you loved it, and I'll see you next time. Yeah.